Hi, this is Andy. I have a special offer for loyal listeners of Accelerate. It's a no-obligation, free trial of my zero-time selling interactive online training. Now, I've worked with thousands of sales reps to teach them how to use my zero-time selling to boost their productivity and transform the results. And so if you want to learn the same proven strategies to help you open more doors, have more effective sales conversations with prospects, and close more orders, then my zero-time selling interactive training system is a fit for you. It's incredibly simple to start. Just take out your smartphone and text the word TRUST, that's T-R-U-S-T, to 96000. Now, do you have your phone ready? Send a text to 96000. That's a nine and a six followed by three zeros. Now enter the single word message TRUST and hit send, and you hear right back from me with instructions on how to sign up for your free trial on my zero-time selling interactive training. I look forward to seeing you there. It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello and welcome to the show. I am excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Fred Diamond, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Sales. You know, just as a preface to the show, I'm always sort of concerned about why sales reps can't ever seem to be, get consistently better. You know, sales trading is a multi-billion dollar industry that everyone seems to love to hate. And it seems to be something that is inflicted on the sales reps rather than something that they're anxious to receive. And I think that's in part because we seem to do a little permanent good, or maybe it isn't relevant to how they sell. But one thing is certain, you know, rarely does sales training affect a permanent culture change in a sales team. And perhaps most troubling is despite the annual expenditures on sales training and the billions of dollars, you know, at the fund bottom line, there never seems to be a fundamental difference in the basic level of sales skills or sales skills that sales reps uh, possess. So, you know, here I start with the same issues we struggled with for the last 60 years about improving sales quality and instituting excellence in sales. And my guest today, Fred Diamond, is going to help us sort of sort out what a path forward might be. So, Fred, welcome to the show. It is my pleasure to be here. So, tell us a little bit about the uh, Institute for Excellence in Sales, a little bit about yourself as well. Sure, thanks. Well, we're based here in Northern Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C., in an area called Tyson's Corner, which is America's next great city. Uh, <laughs> when people as, think of. As distinct from Washington, D.C.? Well, actually, Northern Virginia, if, for those of the people on, who are listening to the podcast who are familiar with the D.C. region. There's a number of distinct areas in the area. Of course, there's the district, and then there's Northern Virginia, which has become the business, pretty much become the business hub. It's definitely the high-tech hub. Sure, uh, right. Yep, you have Northern Virginia. You, have Northern Virginia. you also have Maryland, which has a large concentration of biotech and uh, professional associations, trade associations, and, uh, of course, in other parts of the of the Beltway and DC region, you have a lot of the companies that service the government. So it's a it's a nice it's a nice fresh environment for business. Yeah. So you you sort of are positioning sort of a broader focus with the Institute for Excellence in Sales, really more you know national focus, as I understand. Exactly. We are about service to the selling professional. We uh, have put programs together where we do a whole slew of things. But one thing we try to do, Andy, is to Bring people like you, the thought leaders, to the sales leaders and to the sales teams. And we have found that there's a, a need for that 
to bring sales professionals and thought leaders together. We're all about presenting best practices, providing, um, bringing the best of breed, uh, who are doing the interesting things, uh, which training organizations and which sales speakers are coming up with, with new and compelling information that will help the selling professional uh, get better at their job. Well, I mean, you work primarily with managers in large, well, not necessarily large enterprises, but in organizations that, you know, what are they most concerned about when they look at sort of the primary shortcomings they're dealing with in their sales teams today? Sure. Well, actually, there's a couple of things. We actually, half of our audience are sales professionals, people who are in sales. Typically, it's B2B, business to business, or uh, enterprise-related selling. The other half of our, and they're large companies or mid-sized companies that have sales organizations, people who know they're in sales. The other uh, half of the audience that we service are service professionals, typically, who are who don't think of themselves as being in sales, but are in sales. Exactly. So, yeah, accounting firms, uh, government contractors, uh, not government contractors, but consulting firms, architects, uh, some cases legal, where if you were to say, are you in sales? They would say, no, I'm an accountant, but I need to get $500,000 clients in the door next year. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so I'll reframe the question. So in general, among your membership, what do they see as their biggest sales challenges? I mean, what they're coming to your meetings, what are they, are they taking part in your programs? What's the big challenge that they're, they're facing? So there's three that, that readily come to mind. So one of them is there's a lot of uh, millennials in the sales force. So, you know, how do you, how do you motivate a, a brand new uh, type of, of employee that hasn't been through a lot of the traditional sales training that a lot of the uh, more senior people have been through that expect quick and immediate results, um, that use technology that haven't really been used before in sales, uh, texting, you know, social media, et cetera. Um, so there's that there's, how do you, how do you deal with the new sales force? I would say the second thing of course, is the fact that the customer knows more about you than, than you know about them at this point. So it used to be, as you know, in the enterprise and B2B selling that you would try to get in the door, be at the customer site so you could educate them on, uh, on the industry and their needs and what technology or, or other types of solutions might be available now, of course, because of the internet and social media and exchange, um, they know more than you do. And this was spelled out quite clearly in books like The Challenger Sale. And it's also been brought up in uh, you know, some of the books recently from people like Tim Sullivan. Uh, so that's, that's a new challenge as well, is that the customer doesn't even call you in, in some cases, until they're ready to buy. So you can't get in there early enough to, to frame the conversation. And I would say the third thing is just that it's it's harder to, to get in touch. And we had an interesting debate recently with one of our thought leaders, uh, Colleen Stanley, who wrote Emotional Intelligence for Sales Success. Right. And we discussed the notion that sales is harder than it's ever been. And she disagreed. She said, sales should be easier than it's ever been because on our side with LinkedIn and Twitter and other types of uh, social media, we know or we should know everything about the customer before we even call them. You know, there's nothing that we don't know. It's not like picking up the phone book, you know, whatever. We should know everything about the customer before I even begin to do the prospecting. Well, conversely, it's harder because of security. People can't get into buildings like they used to. Um, 
you know, because of phone technology, people can screen their calls more. Um, not everybody works in the office anymore, people who are making decisions. So, you know, it used to be you could walk through the halls of, of a headquarter and, you know, headquarter building and engage and just start talking to people. Well, people don't always go to work or you have entities like IBM or Microsoft that have all their people hotel now. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they work from home and there's no, you're not going to go to someone's house, obviously, to sell if someone's a CIO or something, but it's, it's just tougher to meet the people as it was. As you've so said. what do you think? Harder or easier? I think that it's interesting you would say that. I think it's easier if you apply the skills and you are serious about your career and you practice and you implement a lot of the stuff like people like you were writing about and coaching people on and consulting people on. But there's a thin layer of people who are truly being more and more successful. Um, so I think if you're applying, if you're practicing, if you're taking your trade seriously, you know, that you are a selling professional and you're, you're practicing and you're researching and you're learning about your customer and their industry, I think it's definitely easier. But it's, it's harder if you're not willing to invest in that type of personal development. Yeah, okay. So good answer because it's going to raise a couple other <laughs> questions. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that, that I think in some respects it is easier because selling is ultimately about somebody buying from somebody else, right? I mean, there's that personal element that as much as we want to talk about automating sales, we can automate certain sales, certain types of products easy enough to automate. But in the business-to-business space, you can automate so far with lead gen and so on. But at some point, somebody has to talk to somebody else. Yeah. A person's going to talk to a person. And it's easier from the sense that there's ways to learn so much more about somebody before you ever interact mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. That that ability to form that relationship should be facilitated, right? I mean, if you're a normal, functioning human being that you know has some level of empathy for people and so on, is you should be able to engage in that process of building trust because there's greater transparency on both sides of the equation, right? Both they know more about you, you know more about them. That should make that easier. But I agree. If you, you know, I think you raised a good point there. Um, one thing that I've seen, so we've been bringing some of the top sales thought leaders in the industry from the Neil Rackham's, Bill Cates, Jill Conrath's, Tom Snyder's of the world and we're uh, thrilled to be engaging with you and hopefully bring you to the IES at some point uh, in our next programming year. And I've noticed two trends in their communication. One is that they're all trying to raise the profession, you know, not just make people better salespeople, but to raise the profession. One of our speakers uh, likes to say that as late as 1990, I believe, if you were in sales and you had to fill out the census, the only option was peddler. So, you know, you had to, uh, you had to say you were a peddler up until 1990. So you picture guys. Fuller uh, Rushman. Exactly. Snake oil salesman. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone with monkeys on their, on their shoulders. Right, organ grinder, right? Yeah. And the other trend that kind of relates to this is, is treating sales as an academic profession as well. So there's great stuff coming up that you've written, like, for example, Amp Up and other books that keep coming out that are world-class. Mike Weinberg, a guy who you just uh, uh, did a podcast with recently. Yep. You know, Sales Management Simplified just came out and amazing information inside that book. Uh, Colleen Francis, you know, with her nonstop sales boom, just there's great stuff being written. The other trend that we're seeing, and it's kind of slow to get going, but 
more and more colleges are beginning to put sales curriculum into their discipline. Now it's, it's trailing by far marketing leadership and, and management, but there's been a push we've seen uh, and we've actually gotten some of the local universities here. Uh, Mark Weber's doing a program at Catholic university and Bill Collins is doing a program down at Virginia tech. So some people in their curriculum are, are pursuing sales as a career and treating it as an academic event endeavor. So that's beginning to take hold. It's, I don't want to mislead people and say it's there. It's, it's definitely uh, five, 10 years behind, but it's something that we're seeing that's encouraging as well. Yeah. Well, I think that management, leadership, marketing, those are all sexier, more attractive. You know, it's, it's sort of like half the time I ask people, I didn't ask you the question, but I'll, I'll ask it, you know, how'd you get into sales? People said, well, I sort of fell into it because, you know, I was doing something else. Right. I mean, it's very few people that are leaders in the thought and either thought leaders or sales leaders in industry that you say, Hey, I start out to get into sales. Let me tell you a story. I worked at a company called CompuWare. Sure. It was a, a two, yep. $2 billion software company at one time. It was the number two performing NASDAQ stock in the late nineties, right behind Dell computer. And I was a, a marketing uh, professional. I worked at Apple computer and Compaq before that in various marketing roles before I transitioned into, into sales. So my last true marketing job was, was at CompuWare. And the guy who was the CEO of the company who raised it to a $2 billion company was a guy called Pete Carmanos. And if any of your listeners are hockey fans, uh, I believe he still owns the Carolina Hurricanes. But he used to say that the last person out the door because we closed before we turn out the lights will be a sales guy. So that's really where it began to kick in for me that, you know what, it's about sales. If sales don't happen, the lights aren't going to be on. If sales don't happen, you know, those big holiday parties, the TV commercials. <laughs> and especially the holiday parties. <laughs> Absolutely. So for everyone who's uh, no disrespect to everyone in the back office and everyone in marketing, but if the sales guys and ladies, if they ain't being supported and if they ain't uh, doing uh, if they're not being supported to to get out there, then no company will exist uh, at the level that they are. It really is all about sales, I believe. Yeah. So this academic programs that are coming up, it's it's interesting, right? Because you know, when I got started, there were big companies that every year, were, you know, IBM, Burroughs, especially in the computer industry, would hire thousands of new grads and bring them into these training programs with. They express sort of understanding that some number aren't going to make it, right? You're sort of weeding people out, but they really hoped over time to develop this core of people that are going to be the future of the company. And they would train them incessantly in sales and sales management and so on. Those opportunities don't exist. I mean, is, is the thought that the academic programs can replace some of that? I mean, how do they simulate the real world experience you get, you know, actually working for somebody? No, that's a great point. Um, you know, you actually just does a little... It's quick aside here. You actually mentioned Burroughs a second ago. So I imagine all of our, uh, if you have a lot of young readers or young listeners, they're all Googling, you know, Burroughs. I was actually in a meeting yesterday and someone mentioned the company Amdahl. So mm-hmm. that sure. uh, you and I are, are dating ourselves here and we're both about, I guess, 25, 30 years old, you and I. Uh, uh, yeah, 35. <laughs> so, you know, actually, though, it's kind of interesting your question about will the academic side, will that overtake? what used to be the formal training. Well, I don't think so. You still need to be experiencing. You still need to be trying. You know, you still need to be out there to truly learn. 
what a lot of the academic courses are that I've been able to look at, they're basically helping people understand that sales, especially in the enterprise and B2B, where you and I spend most of our time, uh, it really is about a process. You know, it's, it's not about, you know, what do I need to do to get you to buy this, uh, you know, million dollar software application. You know, it, it really is about understanding the customer's needs. It's about understanding the buyer's decision process. How does that relate to the sales funnel that your, your company is operating on? So it's helping people understand that sales isn't just about, you know, charisma or personality. You know, it's about um, process. It's about, some cases, uh, time. In some cases, it's about partnering. You know, in some cases, it's about uh, building a strong support network internally and externally. So I think that's a lot of the messaging that's coming through some of these curriculum. No, very interesting. All right, so we're going to take a short break. Before we do, though, I have a question for you, a hypothetical scenario I posed to each of my guests. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice here. Uh, so here it is. You've been hired as a new sales leader at a company whose sales desperately need to be turned around. And upper management's really anxious for this to happen in a hurry. So what two things would you do the first week you were on the job that could have the biggest impact? So think about that. And we'll be back after the break with my guest, Fred Diamond. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on demand service which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales rep's calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. All right, welcome back. My guest today is Fred Diamond of the Institute for Excellence in Sales. Before we jump back into talking about developing excellence in sales, and I've got some questions about an issue you raised relative to personal development, is I gave you a hypothetical scenario. You are new sales leader hired into a company that needs to be turned around sales-wise. Senior management wants this to happen quickly. What are the two things you do in the first week that would have the biggest impact? Well, I think you got to. Um, I think you need you need to look at the numbers. So the first thing I would do would be a true, fresh, complete, honest scrub of the sales numbers and some of the key metrics that need to be identified. Um, so I would kind of go through them, um, crisply and I would go through them and truly try to apply and, and, and see, uh, truly where are we from a, from an analytical type of a perspective. And the second thing I would do is I would try to find someone who, now hopefully by then, by the time I was, I was hired on, I would either know people in the organization or, uh, have met some people that I would truly trust. And I would quickly try to figure out what type of players do I have on the team? Uh, if I'm also managing operations, I would also try to figure out who are my A players, um, who are the players that might be deserved of, of a higher responsibility role, uh, and try to figure out you know who who doesn't really fit in with with where I'm taking. By this point, I would have figured out hopefully what my uh, what my approach to the shift in culture is going to be, and try to figure out you know who are going to be the players that. Uh, they're going to be with me for the long term. Okay, good answer. Thank you. 
Back to, back to this question about personal development of sales. So we're going to take a couple of, couple of different directions on but to start with, you know, salespeople seem to chronically underinvest on their own development, right? Yeah. As they're really relying on their employers to invest in them. But that only goes so far. And I've seen this sort of disconnect or it's very hard to get salespeople to invest their own time and their own dollars in developing their professional and their professional development. How do we change that? I mean, and, and maybe it's not a change that they have to invest their own dollars, but, but how do we, what changes can we make in the way that sales is structured in order to encourage more development? And I, I've got an idea, which I'll bring up later, but just interested in your thought on that. That's a great question. And I think I'll give you a little bit of a perspective here. When, so we, we coach a lot of millennials in sales. So that's a big trend right now that we get uh, at our programs, probably 30% of our audience are millennials, people that are either in their first job, but in most cases, they're, they've, they've made it past the first hurdle. So, so they are um, interested in a, in a career in sales, and they have an idea of what it would take them to be good. And here's what we tell them. We tell them that you, are, you need to look at your career as if you are the vice president of your career. Uh, and you need to take ownership. You can't rely on your company. You need to take ownership. I met a young man recently who was a, he's probably about 25 years old. And he's a, if you were to meet him, he was a, he's an athlete. He, uh, I think he played football or, or soccer. So he looks like a high energy young man. And I was asking him, I said, you know, what, what did you do this past weekend? And he said he spent three hours watching sales training videos. And he said that his company, I'm not going to mention the name of the company, he said that his company invests a lot of money. It's probably a couple hundred thousand dollars and a whole library of sales videos. And he said that he knows that no one else on his team watches these videos. He says he knows for a fact that no one does. So he makes it a point every Sunday morning, I, I believed him, that every Sunday morning he spends at least an hour, hopefully two or three, just going through the library, watching the 15-minute, one-hour videos that they have. And I actually mentioned this to one of the sales uh, development directors at his company. And she said to me, she said, you know what? She said, we get maybe four people who access the video library on a weekly basis, which is abysmal for a company that has about 200 sales reps. So here's this young man who took it upon himself and recognized that he is the he is a CEO of, of his career and made it a point to do those kinds of things on a Sunday morning when he could have been sleeping or he could have been, you know, whatever he could have been doing. And he made it a point. So we encourage people that if you're serious about your career, uh, it's not about your ability to talk. It's not about your ability to persuade or convince. It's about your ability to take your career seriously. And if you do all those things, if you learn how to network, if you learn about the industry that you're in, you know, obviously you want to learn how to sell, but you also got to learn about the industry that you're selling into and what are the challenges that you're, your clients face, if you're going to put the time and energy into that, that uh, then you can have the potential for a very, very successful career. But it shifted now, and you raise a good point, Andy. It used to be about the company. When I was at Apple, you know, we had a month of sales training per year. You know, every year we went through solution or strategic or any of those things. Uh, now it's, it's gone. It's, it, if it exists, it's on a spot basis type of a thing. So these people got to be convinced that uh, you're you're you are the VP of your career, the CEO of your career, you need to make it happen on your own. 
And there's plenty of resources out there. There's great books like Amp Up and podcasts like this to listen to experts. Uh, there's, there's plenty of resources to make that happen. All right. So here's my radical proposal. Okay. I heard a presentation this week at a conference I was speaking at where uh, the speaker said, look, you need to spend, talking to uh, individual sales reps in the audience, saying, look, you need to spend 20 minutes a day reading. Mm. 20 minutes a day. So if you just spend 20 minutes a day over the course of 12 months, you'll read like 20 books. And believe me, if you're in sales and you read 20 sales books, you're going to know a lot more and you've got a lot more skills to bring to bear, new perspectives to help improve your sales performance and so on than you would if you hadn't. That's just 20 minutes a day. And it occurred to me is that why are we asking people to do this outside work? Why don't we set aside 20 minutes in the workday where people are going to sit down in sales and read a book? Except for the ones, you know, a couple people still answer the phones. But by and large, everybody's going to have a chance during the day, 20 minutes, on work time, they read. Doesn't cost, the, is, doesn't, doesn't cost the company anything. That is definitely a radical idea. So what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's... So why, why, why wouldn't companies rush out and do it? If I was proposed to you know, come to your place and you have me talk to the group and I put out a challenge to the companies that I talk to them, and they're in the audience, your members, say, 20 minutes, cost you nothing. You've got 20 minutes of wasted selling time in that day anyway. We're going to take 20 of that and we're going to devote it to personal improvement, but it's on our dime, not on the sales reps. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Well, I think part of it, I'll give you an idea. So when we created the Institute for Excellence in Sales about four years ago, um, every month for the last four years, we have brought a true sales thought leader to, uh, to the D.C. region. And next month, we're doing a program on November 13th where we're bringing six of the top sales thought leaders uh, in the country. Mike Weinberg, a guy who you've interviewed. I think you've also interviewed on your podcast, Anthony Iorino. So we're bringing six yeah, of the best. So Jeff and Miles Austin, they've all oh, been good. on the show. Excellent, good. They're all coming, Mark Hunter and, uh, and John Spence. It's going to be an amazing day in D.C. on November 13th. And we're all about that, bringing these amazing sales thought leaders that you'll walk away with at least a couple of ideas. So there's a company that I do a lot of work with that does outsource inside sales. So you hire their company mm-hmm. to do prospecting. And I'm not going to mention the name of the company, but – he sent some of his people over time to our programs and I had a meeting with him. I said, you know, you have like 50 clients, you know, why don't you become a sponsor and get these VPs of these companies to get involved with the Institute? And he said, you know, Fred, he said, I love what you're doing. He goes, there's a lot of people that I know love what you're doing because you have 150 people at your program every month. He said, but you know what? He goes, a lot of these guys just, they just don't read, you know, or they're just, they're not willing. They, they don't know what it's about to improve themselves. They think it's about energy or they, which is a part of it, but they don't realize that a lot of it's about the learning, you know, learning new ideas that you can apply. Um, I like your idea of reading 20 minutes a week. How about the idea of changing one That's habit? 20 minutes know? a day. A day, 20 minutes a day. How about the idea of like changing one habit simultaneously? You know, uh, make it a point to add one phone call per day or something or to to read. It's a great idea. Or to engage just in a conversation with a mentor. So I, I like the idea and it's in sync with what we're all about, which is 
how do you become better as a selling professional? And your idea is a great one. And uh, there's a lot of other type of things they can do to, if they're committed, if they're committed to their career. Yeah. And I think a lot of people need to understand they need to be committed to their career. Oh, absolutely. And, and I believe that you need to do things outside of work to improve your craft and your skills and so on. But I think it's time now that for people to rethink this idea of what sales training is and think about it more from a professional development standpoint that needs to take place in small bites so that it's retained. And as you said, you could bring in trainers like you're going to do next month and people can come and they're going to get a few good ideas, right? They take back. But if they're reading 20 minutes a day, what if they got one good idea every day? That's you know, a great idea. So anyway, off my soapbox, we're going to the last segment of the show here. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. You can give me single word answer or you can elaborate as you wish. Are you ready? Yeah, but this is a lot of fun. So can we keep talking for like another hour after this? <laughs> well, we'll have you back on. So here's the first question. What's the most powerful sales tool in your arsenal? Well, it's definitely the phone. So it's definitely the phone. A lot of people uh, forget that you need to speak to people. People sometimes, and sometimes I find myself guilty of this too, uh, email, text, you know, LinkedIn, uh, share, you know, mm-hmm. status sharing. You got to pick up the phone. I think yeah. the phone's the, the best sales tool out there. Excellent. So what's the one app that you use for managing your own sales or sales management that you can't live without? Um, well, we started using Infusionsoft recently mm-hmm. uh, as our marketing automation technology, and it's extremely powerful. Um, as we get deeper into it from the marketing automation and from the CRM side, but uh, LinkedIn, I think, is if you're going to consider that to be an app, uh, LinkedIn is still, I think, by far the most powerful thing that's out there. Okay. I guess maybe Google comes close to, but but definitely LinkedIn. Who's your sales role model? My sales role model. Well, I see almost everyone else that you've interviewed has said their father. So, uh, <laughs> so I've had. Uh, oh, let me think about that. My yeah, my dad's actually he's a great guy. He was actually an accountant. Um, there's a guy that I'm doing a lot of work with right now who I have a tremendous amount of respect for. His uh, his name is Tom Snyder. Do you know Tom at all? Uh, I'm going to interview him tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. So Tom used to run Huthwaite for about a decade, and he now runs Voresight BP. Mm-hmm. He has spoken twice at the Institute for Excellence in Sales. I guess technically he actually spoke three times. He spoke at our award event a couple years ago. Uh, you know, you're talking about reading for 20 minutes a day. Every time I engage in a conversation with Tom, my IQ increases uh, at least two points. So I'm glad you're having him on your show. He is he is a, a true thought leader. He's a true luminary and a, a real creative thinker in sales as well. He's written about, a, I think, six or seven books. Um, I, I go back and I read them, but he is a, he's a true professional's professional. Excellent. Okay. Speaking of books, what's the one book, sales or non-sales, that every salesperson should read? Um, okay, I'll... Okay, uh, I'll, I'll go from a sales perspective. Um, have you ever had Bill Cates on this podcast? No, not yet. Bill Cates is known as the referral coach, and he's a, a million-dollar MTDR speaker, uh, roundtable speaker. He, he's called the referral coach. His whole perspective is on, um, is on referral building, and it's historically been in the financial space. Uh, his book, uh, let's see. Trying to think of the last one, the one that just came out. 
Bill Cates books here. Uh, let's see. Beyond Referrals. Beyond Referrals so by Bill Cates. Beyond okay. Referrals. And I'll just mention one other that I've been reading recently that I love. It's Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Mm-hmm. has been life-changing. And uh, he just reviewed, he just renewed it, or updated, I should say, in the last uh, last year. He's a version of 2015, I believe. And everyone, I'm telling everybody to read Success Principles. Okay. Two good recommendations. Thank you. Here's a really tough question. What's your favorite music to listen to to psych yourself up for an important call or business meeting? Okay, so I'm a huge music fan, mm-hmm. and I love going to concerts. As a matter of fact, today... I actually bought tickets to see Brian Adams. Oh, he's coming! I've never seen him before. Very the nice. only two people, yep, the only two people I've never seen are Brian Adams and Don Henley, and they're both coming to DC. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's gonna sound corny, but my pump up song. There's two. Uh, I love "Eye of the Tiger." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That is the quintessential pump up song. And there's there's a Scottish band, a pop band called Camera Obscura. Have you ever heard of them? Mm, I don't think so. I'm gonna look yeah, them up. They're indie, camera obscura. They're Scottish. Unfortunately, their uh, keyboard player just just passed away suddenly. It was uh, very young. It was very tragic. But they have a song called French Navy that uh, is probably their most well-known song, and it always gets me pumped up. French Navy by Camera Obscura. As soon as we're done, I'm putting it on iTunes and finding it. Okay. (laughs) Excellent. All right. So two good recommendations. So what's your first sales activity you do every day? Okay. I meditate for 10 minutes. I, I, like I wake it. up at 4.30. I'm on the East Coast. I'm in D.C., Northern Virginia. I wake up at 4.30 every morning, and I started this about three years ago. I just go to a quiet place in the house. Um, I actually make a cup of coffee, but I don't drink it. Uh, I let it brew, and then I just sit in silence for 10 minutes. So are you reading books like on mindfulness or anything to guide you on that? Yeah, but I, during those 10 minutes, I won't. But um, No, I said to, to guide you. To, why'd you come across the practice of meditation? Was it through reading something? or You want to know the truth? about? I've been working for myself for 15 years. Of course, you want to know the truth. 15 years ago, I started working for myself about five years ago. I came to the conclusion that besides intellect and intelligence, the only thing that I really had to differentiate myself was my energy level. So I went to iTunes and I Googled or I went to iTunes and searched on energy podcasts and I came across a podcast that they don't do anymore, but it was called everything is energy. And it was by a husband and wife team that, um, were based, uh, of course in Colorado. And they talked about concepts related to energy, your health, your eating, your relationships, your, uh, feng shui, your, your car, everything as it related to energy. And I listened to their podcasts and I uh, really got into it and they, I met some people from their network and uh, they introduced me to another speaker. You asked about impactful books, uh, Gay Hendricks. Um, are you familiar with Gay Hendricks at all? I've seen the name, but I don't know the book. He's written about 50 books, I guess. He wrote a book called The Big Leap, which I would recommend to everybody. It's helped me understand uh, how to get more impactful relationships. Uh, you asked about book, non-sales book. That's probably... Uh, Besides success principles, that's been the most impactful book for me in the last five years. Okay, excellent. Yeah, thanks. So, last question for you: What's ask the me one? More. Ask me more. <laughs> the last one. So, what's the <laughs> one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I'm full of them. Yeah, these are great. Actually, the question I get asked by most salespeople. 
how much do your programs cost? And the answer is. <laughs> so um, I was being a little coyish there, but uh, uh, we offer memberships for 550 or corporate memberships for, for 3000 but I'm being a little self-serving there. Um, it's okay. I guess we do. Like, the question that you asked before, uh, Andy, a lot of people ask, especially younger ones, uh, millennial age, if you will, or younger, they'll ask, you know, how can I get better? And if they ask that, I know they're serious. Because if, if they weren't serious, that question really wouldn't occur to them. But how do I get better at sales? And I, I recommend, you know, reading Bill Cates' book. I recommend reading books like your book that, you know, Amp Up that just came out. I recommend, um, you know, devoting, being committed to your career. Mm-hmm. You know, understanding what it means to be committed. You talked about reading 20 more minutes a day. You know, turn off the TV. You know, don't watch that episode of The Bachelor this week. You don't need to. <laughs> well, actually, The Bachelor is my guilty. Uh, uh, well, was, my, all right, my The Bachelorette. <laughs> actually, don't let my uh, my wife hear me say that. She can't stand it about me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, turn off the TV and go go to a networking event or or go read Andy Paul's book or go yeah, you know, just, read Bill Cates' book. Well, just one hour a week of TV. If you forewent that, if you said, hey, yeah. I, can, I can sacrifice one hour of TV a week, which yeah. I'd hope to God you could then, yeah, you'll learn a lot during that year and during those hours that accumulate over the year. So what's well, great. Well, Fred, I want to thank you for joining my guest today, Fred Diamond, who is head of the Institute for Excellence in Sales. Fred, tell people how they can learn more about that. You can go to our website, which is the letter I, the number four, ESBD, uh, Institute for Excellence in Sales and Business Development. We used to be the Institute for Excellence in Sales and BD. We dropped the BD recently and we're looking into some URLs, URLs, but check it out, I4ESBD. Excellent. Good. And remember, everyone, make it a part of your day, every day, to deliberately learn something new to help you amp up your business. Subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher is an easy way to make sure that you don't miss any of our conversations with leading innovators and experts like our guest today, Fred Diamond, who share their experience and expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us, and until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.